The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. Welcome to Prescriptions for Healing Conflict. I'm Lloyd. I'm the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank. Mari's been an attorney mediator for 26 years, and during that time, she's resolved thousands of disputes as a neutral conflict healer. She's a member of the Orange County Superior Court Mediation Panel, and she's been a law professor of negotiations and mediation, and presently teaches negotiations right here at UCI. She's the author of Negotiations Breakthroughs and co-author of Stepping Stones to Success and several other books. To listen to previous interviews, see upcoming guests, download podcasts, and learn more, visit www.conflicthealing.com. So Mari, what's your show about today? Well, Lloyd, today our show is about bunny healing, and it's just wonderful. If you remember, last December we went to the Be Real Management Broadcasting Awards in Los Angeles. We were at KFWB and we met this wonderful woman, Marcy Ellen Bogan. And not only is she an entertainment media buyer, which she does to earn a living, but she also is a wonderful volunteer with bunnies. And she has this great, wonderful, magical bunny called Oreo. And she wrote a book called Oreo's Magical Adventures with Word and Pictures by Marcy. Ellen Bogan. And it was so much fun. I said, you know what? We, you, you know, radio, but this is where your real passion is. Let's do this. Let's do a story on this. Let's do an interview because pets that are healing pets that are therapy pets are really helping us to heal conflict in our, in our own lives and in our world and in our society. So we're going to talk with Marcy. So Let me tell you a little bit about her. Marcy's a native California who has always loved animals. She grew up here and she and her sister would bring home any kind of furry animal that there was that wasn't attached to someone. And her sister ended up, her sister Tina ended up becoming a veterinarian. And Marcy, although she became a media buyer, she had become a registered animal assisted therapy team with pawsforhealing.info and petpartners.org. And she's also a certified READ, R-E-A-D team. So she'll tell us about that in a few minutes. And she devotes her time, her volunteer time, to visit facilities with kids and adults and their families to help them out to heal heal their emotional pain, heal their, help them heal their physical pain. And her two most favorite places to visit are Belmont Village in Hollywood and the Los Angeles Ronald McDonald House. Marcy started volunteering because she really wanted to make a difference and she loves animal and people and that way she could bring them together. It was a perfect way. She enjoys sharing her adorable, absolutely beautiful black and white bunny called Oreo and it's spelled O-R-E-Y-O because he, he kind of looks like an Oreo cookie but he spells it differently. And 
Um, he he brings a lot of happiness and healing and smiles to everyone he meets. And even though she is an accomplished entertainment, you know, entertainment media buyer, um, she makes sure that she uses her two hands and her four paws to, to make a difference in people's lives. So that really touched my heart. And she's also got a business of it. She has this great book with wonderful pictures and which is called again Oreo's Magic Adventures and it talks about what he does and she also has a business of pet products and um, most most important being in the case of emergency stickers for your windows and doors and she's received numerous awards and a portion of all of her sales of Oreo's Magical Adventures book um, are being donated to Animal Charity of Your Choice and, and Oreo's Choice. So um, without further ado, Marcy, thanks so much for coming on the show. Well, thank you, Mari. It's a pleasure to be interviewed by you. And we sure had fun when we met, so it just turned out to be a perfect divine intervention, right? Absolutely. There's always a reason things happen. <laughs> exactly. So... How did you first learn about animal-assisted therapy and pet partners? Well, I first learned about it. My sister used to work at, it was originally called the Delta Society, and she changed it, and they changed the name to Pet Partners, and she used to work there, and she had told me about it, and it seemed really interesting, and I was looking for something to do to give back, so I researched it and had to find an organization that would um, certify rabbits because many of them only do dogs. So I did that and it sounded really intriguing to me and I had another rabbit at the time. So Oreo is my third therapy bunny and that's how we found out about it and have been doing it for about 13 years. So what did you have to do to train Oreo to be a therapy bunny? Well, excuse me, they test him. We get certified and it's a test where they see if he reacts to loud noises because you're never 100% sure what situation you're in. Like if a patient, if you were in a hospital or an assisted living facility and a patient would drop a crutch or made a loud noise, do the animals react to that? Because they, you get rated um, to where you can go to visit, you know, with kids or adults or where there's more activity or less activity. So they test for noises. They test. They have multiple people pet him. He, he goes in a basket. I carry him in a basket. I bring him in a cage but then put him in a basket. And they have multiple people petting him and touching him and seeing how he responds. And then um, also that he's, you know, that I take good care of him and he's clean and well cared for and that he passes all those tests, which yeah. he did with flying colors. Yeah, he has to have a good dis disposition. You don't want some child to pet him and he turns around and bites him. Absolutely. A good, even temperament, very calm. He's totally calm. He was rescued from a shelter and he's been amazing. Yeah. Still is amazing. <laughs> yeah. How long have you been a registered pet partner and certified read team? I want you to tell us what that read team is as well. I have been a registered pet partner for 13 years and read certified for probably about eight or nine. I don't recall exactly. And the read team is, it stands for Reading Education Assistance Dogs, but they let bunnies join. But they, of course, <laughs> didn't change the name or it would be, well, rear if you did it for rabbits. So it <laughs> started as for dogs, but there are other animals in it. So we, and that's a separate certification. And we go to libraries and schools and different places where they, you know, want to improve reading skills. And they found, I did one program for two years at the Baldwin Park Library, and they found that there was, I believe it was like a 40% increase 
in the kids that participated in the program with the animals on the weekends to read because there's no peer pressure. You know, they're just, there's just a nice furry animal, a dog or a rabbit or a cat, sitting there that listens and doesn't, it's totally non-judgmental. Right. So what happens? The bunny sits on the child's lap or right next to the child? And next, the child? To the, sorry, next to the child and in his basket, or I'll, I'll put out a blanket and I have a little collar and leash so he can't run around if I do it that way. But usually in the basket, and he just listens and the child might pet him and the rabbit moves a little more than the dogs because I can't really tell him to, you know, lay still. You know, yeah. sit, stay. So yeah. um, sometimes they'll put their paw on the book, and, you know, there's some great interaction, and you get kids. I had one girl that said, I can't read, and so we just sat for a little bit, and she, you know, pet the rabbit, and we talked and stuff, and then she read an entire book to Oreo. Yeah, so Oreo would like to listen in, right? Absolutely. He's got great big black ears <laughs> to do that with. <laughs> He's all ears. When you say he's all ears. He's all ears. <laughs> Absolutely. That's great. All ears. Yes. So why did you, I know you love all animals. We, you and I were talking about that. You know, I have a golden retriever and I read to him, even though I don't know, have to learn how to read. I read to him my little spiritual stuff every morning and he, he looks at me and he's listening like, okay, mom, I get it. You know, so why is it that you happen to have chosen a rabbit? to help people heal their inner conflicts instead of a dog? Well, probably because the dogs I had at the time when I thought about doing volunteer work with a pet, you know, with an animal and being a pet, becoming a pet partner, my dogs at the time, because all my animals are rescues and some are better than others, but, you know, one of them didn't like the car and one was afraid of loud noises and I just didn't think they would make a good pet partner team, animal team. And I had another rabbit at the time, and I went out there one morning, and just a light bulb went off, and I thought, oh, my gosh, she's amazing, and she would make a great therapy pet. So I decided to go on the search to find an organization that would certify, register a bunny, and I did. Hmm. So uh, are there quite a few bunnies that are therapy registered or therapy certified? There are. Um, there's quite a few. I mean, the the majority of the animals are dogs, but there there are quite a few bunnies. We have a couple other bunny friend partners, and there's some miniature horses. There's guinea pigs. There's a rat, um, <laughs> some cats. A, thera- so, a therapy rat, huh? Yes, he he lived up in Mammoth. I, I think he's not with us anymore, but oh. I he was in Mammoth. Yeah. So, what do rabbits bring to the table that is really different or unique than dogs? Well, I think they're just, in some cases, probably not as threatening to some kids. I mean, I've had some kids that are, like, afraid of dogs or the bigger dogs. And Oreo's small. He's, like, four, four and a half pounds. So he's pretty small and, you know, pretty calm. You know, he's not wagging a big tail. He doesn't have big, long legs and stuff. So I think some kids that are afraid of dogs, will warm up to the rabbit a little easier and then probably go to the dogs. We've seen many that have done that too. You know, once they see there's no harm and and they're really, Oreo's very soft and fluffy and then they're like, then they kind of go to the dog and when we visit the dogs that are there are Oreo's friends and they all hang out together. So they're like, well, if they can kind of be friendly, maybe I can be friendly to both. And I think they're just, I think some of it's different because he is a rabbit just because he's not a dog. They're like, oh, that's really cool. You know, and some people are like, I've never seen a rabbit. And it's, it's also becomes an education process. 
Yes. And teaching, and people are like, well, how are rabbits as pets, and, and are they hard to take care of? And, you know, I, I, and when I tell people I get them from, got them from the shelter, they're like, I didn't know the shelter had rabbits, you know, and I do volunteer work for a bunny rescue. I have two foster bunnies now, and they're like, wow, I didn't know that. So it's nice to be an educator as well for mm-hmm. that part of it. Right. Now, we have a picture of your book that has a picture of bunny of uh, Oreo, the cute bunny, the magical bunny, on, on our website, and I know you have them on yours. So, but people who are listening and driving right now, they can't, uh, they can't see him. So you want to explain what he looks like? He's so cute. Thank you. I do think he's pretty cute, too. He's black and white, which is why he got the name Oreo. I actually had his name first. The name popped into my head, so I was on a mission for a black and white rabbit, which I found. And he's about, like I said, four to four and a half pounds. His ears are solid black, and they stand up. He's not a lop-eared, so his ears go straight up. His two eyes are solid black. He kind of looks like a panda bear face. Yeah, he does. And then he's white, maybe quarter of a way, and then black. And on one side... It almost looks like he has a happy face with black marks. And some kids have said, oh, look, he has a happy face. And and the mark around one eye is like in the shape of a heart. So he was meant to be a therapy buddy. There's just no question about that. And he's adorable and he's really fun. And he's 11 and a half. So he's been around for a while. Right. How long do rabbits, what is their average age to live if they're they're happy? Their average lifespan is 7 to 10 years, and I've heard some people that have had him for 12. I haven't heard much past that, so he's certainly on the senior end, but he's doing well. Yeah, he's a senior, and he's getting good care and lots of love, and of course he gets petted by all these people who just really shower a lot of love on him besides you. Absolutely. And I'm sure that helps to keep him young, too. Um, You know, I noticed that you go to Ronald McDonald House, so this is children who are very ill, most of them with cancer, I would imagine, just childhood problems. Um, so how how is he with them, you know, if they can't read or what do they do with him? Well, I go to the Ronald McDonald house. I, I don't go into the hospital. So it's kids that are that need treatment but aren't too sick, that don't have to live, you know, stay in the hospital, but right. they live at the house so they can go for treatment. And a lot of times <laughs> it's their siblings and families that right. stay there or come visit. And we just go in a big... I'm usually in the big sort of their lobby area or I can go outside and I put him on a big, they have this big ottoman and I put out a blanket and I put his basket down and I put him in the basket and they just, excuse me, pet him and ask questions about him. And, you know, many times we're there with one of his dog friends and, you know, the kids just flock because they're just like magnets, you know, and, and the families. And it, it just gives them an hour, hour and a half to forget about why they're there and kind of have a normal time. And we take pictures. I can take Polaroid pictures or they, now everybody has digital, so they take pictures with them. And they're like, oh, yeah, we have a picture with Oreo, and he signs it. Mm. How so, does he sign it with his little foot? <laughs> no, his mom helps him with a pen. Oh, oh okay, okay. <laughs> I didn't know if he, like, he dips it in a pen or dip, dips it in something and puts a little paw print on there. So, you know, yeah, I would think that, you know, these it's a, it's a good diversion for people that are in a lot of pain physically or, or emotionally through all this. So this is a, a wonderful, um, soothing diversion 
from what they're going through by going into the hospital for chemotherapy or whatever it is. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And what do you think Oreo's legacy will be? He's getting older now. What do you think his legacy is going to be? Well, I think his legacy will be to educate people about rabbits and bunnies and and what cool pets they make and that you can adopt them from the shelter and, you know, it's not that that they're out there and that they make great pets and great therapy animals and that their unconditional love comes from within as it does with any animal, but he certainly will leave that on and just hopefully keep the trail going to have more bunnies adopted as pets and rescued and to become register pet partners with them. Right. What advice do you give to someone that wants to get involved as a registered pet partner, you know, or a certified read team? Because I know so many people are um, looking, now, even people who are out of a job, you know, it would be something that they can do as a volunteer while they're looking for a job or in the evenings or whatever. What What is some advice that you have? Well, I would say absolutely go for it. I know that when I first started, I said, oh, I don't really have time because I'm so busy in this and that, but as we probably, if we all think about it, we have time for what we want to make time for, and somehow everything still gets done. So I just said, I'm doing it, you know? So I would say, go do it, because once you do it, it's amazing how much more you want to do it, and you're like, oh, I have time for this visit, and I want to try that bit, you know, and all these other things. It's just a matter of putting that first step out there, you know, that first foot out and go, okay, now I can do it, and I've done it, and it's just, it's amazing, and any volunteer, I think, work is amazing, but this combines everything that I love, so it's perfect for me, and I get as much out of it as I give. Yes, so if, you know, we know what it takes to have the dog become a therapy dog or or a, a, a bunny or some other animal to become one, they have to show certain, you know, calmness, etc., but what about, what does it take to become a registered pet partner? Well, it's the, sort of the same thing. You go, I mean, there's a book and a video or DVD, you know, to watch and a book to read. And then you, you as the human element of it, go for a one-day seminar and you, you know, pass this test. And if you, or take this test, and if you pass it, then you go again with your animal and, you know, show up as a team. And then there are team pet partner pause for healing team coordinators, evaluators that evaluate you and you hopefully pass. And then you get certified for two years. You have to redo it every two years. So Marcy, what do you have to do? What do you do in that class? What do you learn? Well, you learn um, how to, a lot of it is how to read your animal. I mean, like if he's stressed and you need to know that. And sometimes you have to say, I need to you know, I have to leave earlier than that you're supposed to commit to an hour visit, but to maybe you leave earlier whether he is sick or he's just stressed out or it got too hot or there were too many people. And you have to be able to monitor that and read him and know the facilities and, and the people and, and just be aware of what's, you know, what your surroundings are and to where you're supposed wear your paws for healing shirt so they can identify you as a pet partner and they know who you are and that the rat, the animals have a vest to wear so you can be identified and people aren't like, who are you and what are you doing here? So you just learn sort of rules and regulations. And I think one of the most important thing is how to monitor, to monitor your animal, you know, or where he needs a break. And sometimes I'll just put Oreo in his cage 
and take a five-minute break. He just needs not to have 12 hands petting him for a minute or, right. you know, right. and let him have a bite to eat or some water. And so it's just watching them or, do they, you know, the dogs, do they need to go to the bathroom so you can, you know, excuse them and take it. So just to be really aware of the surroundings and the animals. And I would think your demeanor has to be a certain thing, too. You have to have a calm demeanor when you're around people who are very ill or in a lot of emotional pain as well. Yes. And to, and to know, you know, you have to add, you know, like some people are like, if you're in a hospital setting, some settings are different, you know, or if you're going into a room versus a big open area, you know, do you want to visit from a rabbit or a dog? You know, do you want us to come in? And some people are like, no, or some are like, you know, sometimes they just want to look at Oreo in his cage. They don't want to touch him. They don't want to be him. And then other times they want to be all over him, you know, so it's just. Again, it's really reading the room and making sure you're asking, do you want to visit from an animal? And if not, that's cool, and we'll just move on to the next. Yeah, you know, I've been reading more and more about how these military guys are coming back from Afghanistan and from Iraq, and they've got PTSD, and they're they're using a lot of therapy dogs. Are they also, do you know if they're also using therapy rats, rabbits? I haven't heard of the rabbits being used for that. I've certainly seen the dogs and heard the dogs, and they took a a whole set of golden retrievers to when those kids were that shooting in Connecticut for the therapy. I haven't heard of the rabbits yet, but maybe they're out there, or maybe I'll have to try and investigate that. Yeah, because I know that that has really done great wonders, and also in prisons having dogs. Of course, the prisoners have um, bonded with dogs, and that's been therapy dogs for them, but they've been training them to go out, and lots of times they take dogs that are going to be, you know, you know, put to sleep, and they instead bring them to these prisoners, and these prisoners train them so they can be rehabilitated to go into families. So that's been a, a real therapy for, for people who have been, you know, unloved most of their lives. That's what happens a lot of the people who in prison are not really have have had real problems in their own lives and so they for the first time ever is it unconditional love with a rabbit like it is with my golden retriever it is i would say yes you know uh, and the people i know that have rabbits absolutely love them and cater to them and do like we do for the dogs i have a dog as well um, absolutely. I mean, they're a little more independent in the respect. I mean, he knows my voice, and when I go feed him and stuff, he comes to the edge of his cage and stuff. But some of it's hard to say heal and sit and stuff, but some of them are very trainable. I mean, there's people that have them that do, you know, a lot of stuff. He plays with toys. They're very cat characteristic. I see. So, yeah. like, he'll throw around a little plastic ball with the holes in it. He'll pick it up and throw it around, and they use a litter box and stuff. And they're pretty clean, so... I would say it's a, for me, it's unconditional love. Yeah. And so what advice do you have you now you're, you're, for people who are just really excited about this or thinking about this? Um, where do you say you should go and get one of these rabbits? I believe, I'm a firm believer in rescuing them, and there's so many out there. I The shelters have them. If you go like a couple weeks or a week after Easter, there will be way too many bunnies in the shelter. Um, there's bunnyworldfoundation.org, which is a rescue that I work with that I have the two fosters from, and she rescues them from Santiali downtown because they sell them there too young, and, and the police confiscate them and call her, and she takes them. So 
All of hers are amazingly friendly because they're handled from like two days old mm. or three days old. Yeah. And they're amazing bunnies. They're all, you know, friendly and happy and taken care of. And if they're sick, they're nursed back to health and they're spayed and neutered. And so I'm a firm believer in supporting rescue organizations. And there's many other ones, but that's the one I would support yeah. or the shelters. Yeah. Now, if you have a dog, like a golden retriever, I mean, can can they be friendly with these little bunnies? You, you talked a little bit about that. Is that something that they can play together? Absolutely. His Oreo's best friend is a golden retriever named Shadow that we visit together at the Ronald McDonald house. And we put Oreo on Shadow's back and they sniff and Shadow licks him and they're best buds. I mean, I have hundreds of pictures of them together. And my dog, one of them's interested in him, the other one wasn't so interested in him. It's like anything. I mean, I used to have a cat, too, and the cat and the rabbit are together. There's a picture in the book. Hmm. Um, I, you know, it's just a matter of how we introduce them. People are like, oh, you can't have a dog and a cat. You can't have a rabbit and a dog. I'm like, of course you can. Yes. You know, it's just if we want to make that happen. I mean, I'm sure there's an exception to everything, but... In general, I would say, yes, they can absolutely get along. Yeah, I love this picture of your, it's like a little white and gray cat with his nose right next to Oreo. Yeah, yeah. So cute. So so you, this is a wonderful little book, and I'm sure the kids especially love it, but I'm a big kid, and I loved it, and it's Oreo, O-R-E-Y-O, apostrophe S, Magical Adventures, Words and Pictures by Marcy Ellenbogen. Marcy, it's so wonderful to to have a little fun interview with you about this after we met last uh, Christmas time. So I just wish you the very best, and why don't you just give your website? My website is www.oreyo.com. And thank you so much, and keep up the great work with all you're doing at the Ronald McDonald House and your other volunteer. You're terrific, and keep us informed, okay? I will. Thank you for the interview, Mari. We so appreciate it. Okie doke. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning at 8.30 a.m. right here on KUCI. And visit our website at conflicthealing.com where you can see our upcoming guests, see their books, download podcasts, listen to archived interviews, and read some of the articles that we've put up there and write us emails about what you need to know about healing conflict in your own life. Thanks. It's about trust. of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. Hi, I'm Mari Frank, host of Prescriptions for Healing Conflict, which airs every Monday morning at 8.30 a.m. right here on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. I'm also pleased to present the weekly segment of Orange County Sheriff News and Safety Tips. And we are welcoming back a wonderful woman who's done great work in Orange County, Patricia Winskunas, who is the founder uh, and CEO for Crime Survivors. And also she's the CEO of the new Orange County Crime Stoppers. And we are just thrilled to have you back again, Patricia. 
Great. Thank you so much for the opportunity to be on. Well, Patricia, last time we talked about what Orange County Crime Stoppers is. So why is it really so important that we have an Orange County Crime Stoppers right here in our county? It's really important here in Orange County, as well as throughout our nation, for people to get involved. A lot of people will not call if they see a domestic violence case, if they see a murder, if they see a robbery. They don't want to be involved because they don't want to have to go to court. They don't want to have to be victimized. They don't want to worry about their children, their family, their home. This way, when they call Orange County Crime Stoppers, it is anonymous. No one knows who's calling. They don't have to go to court. They don't have to worry about the criminal knowing who told or who called or who provided that tip. So they strictly stay anonymous, and that way law enforcement can do their job. They can make the arrest, and then we can keep the criminals off the street. Right. And then the person who's the anonymous caller feels safer as well, like they're not going to have the the criminal come after them, I would imagine, too. Absolutely. So let's say somebody listening wants to know, how can they make a tip and and what can they maybe do to even help you? Absolutely. They can call 855-TIP-OCCS. They can also text the tip to OCCS plus their tip to 274-637. They enter crimes and then they enter, they submit their tip. They could also go to www.occrimestoppers.org. And we definitely need help with financial support. We are a nonprofit organization, so we need help with financial donations, sponsorships. We also are looking for board members and volunteers that will come and help us at events and help us with other things that we're working on throughout our community. Well, great. And I think if they go to occrimestoppers.org, the phone number is also on there, so they can put that phone number into their cell phone and also do the text message into their cell phone. So if they're out and about and something happens, they've got it right there, right? Absolutely, yes, definitely. And that's occrimestoppers.org. Patricia, you do such great work. We always love to have you on. And thank you so much, and God bless. Thank you very much. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye.